You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Tox Aroture. This is episode 22. Thank you for tuning in to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, where we believe you cannot wait for the signs of growth before making provision for it. Episode 22 is Creating the Space to Grow. How have you been? Sounds like a bit of a redundant question because it's just not normal. (laughs) And when you think about it, some people have held back from making any decisions. People have postponed their activities for a future date until things are relatively normal. You know, stuff like events in particular, weddings have been postponed, our birthday parties and so much celebration have been postponed. But then there are those people who just really got straight into it and adapted. You know, weddings happening on the doorstep with drive-by guests and the rest of them and Zoom birthday parties <laughs> complete with ashoke and balloons and food and everything virtual food, where everyone gets to cook on their own and you kind of all dress up and eat at the same time. And I have to say that I admire the resilience of human beings and just that ability to adapt into circumstances that are less than perfect, you know, because we are kind of, I guess over the years, we get programmed to only do things when the environment is conducive for us, which makes sense. It's logical. But tapping into that resilient spirit will always come in handy. You know, that resilience that comes with the ability to adapt and just go with the flow of life and still make things happen and not say, I'm not doing X, Y, Z until ABC is perfect for me. So that's a thought I've been having. I think that thought will complete itself on my drive back home tonight. (laughs) It's still halfway. (laughs) I had the craziest driving instructor as a teenager, but it was the best. He would leave an empty can of Coke, get this, on the dashboard and warn me, this can must not topple over. While I'm driving, taking turns, going around the roundabouts, doing my reverse parking and everything, he said it mustn't topple because it was trying to get me to drive smoothly without the, you know, the herky-jerky type jumping on my brakes and so on. A question he asked frequently was, where are you going to put the car? This guy was stern. He had dreadlocks and he wasn't playing. But he would ask me while we're driving, we're heading to, uh, let's say, a stop sign, a traffic light or crossroads or whatever, or I'm about to merge. That was a common one. You're about to merge into another lane. And he would just be quiet for most of the drive. And then he will suddenly say out loud, where are you going to put the car? And by that, he was trying to break my habit of simply driving without thinking well ahead. He taught me to think of the space that the car will stand on before we even arrived there. And I still do my driving like that. I'm not going to say anything about my husband's driving. He's very careful. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. 
<laughs> so as an entrepreneur, foremost on my mind is progress. I'm always working to increase sales since we're a business and not a charity. And I was faced with a tough decision last week, which I mentioned in the previous episode. I noticed, however, that I was waiting for signs of increase before making room for the expansion to take place. So if you missed the previous episode, which really there's no excuse under the sun and you should go back and listen to it, I was presented with a proposal that I felt was too big for me and I couldn't accommodate. That's the gist of it that happened last week. And my normal reaction was, or would have been, no, thank you, not for me. But this whole growing thing, this whole comfort zone podcast episodes, they've been pushing me forward and getting me to take risks and make decisions quicker. I recognized that by rejecting the proposal, I was also rejecting growth. Okay, so now I'm thinking about it and I can see that I was just waiting for signs to show that I had grown big enough to be able to handle the proposal. Just like while I was driving, I would drive right up to the point where I needed to change lanes instead of changing lanes well ahead. I came away with a lesson. You cannot wait for signs of growth before making the space for it. Because if you do, <laughs> you'd be stifling your growth. And that's also a sign of trust issues. Have you heard that the size of a fish in captivity is dependent on the size of the tank? That its growth is limited by the space that it's in? Okay, let me clarify this as explained by the experts, you know, the fish people. A small tank presents problems like increased concentration of toxins, which limits the development of the fish. So yes, the size of the tank does have an indirect effect on its growth. However, if the fish keeper decides to release that fish into the ocean, it will have the chance to sprout into its optimum size because more space to grow, less or diluted toxins, if you like, cleaner water, I was going to say cleaner air, <laughs> cleaner water. But the keeper would not wait until the fish started to break through the walls of the tank, which technically is impossible, but you understand what I mean. As a matter of fact, there is little indication of it being undersized because if a fish is swimming healthily and it's happy and, you know, it just is happy, we would not assume that it's restricted in size. There is no reason and there is no indication of its need for a bigger space. We only become aware of what's possible when that small fish is dropped in a larger space. Then the expansion begins. So that's where I've been and I suspect you as well because you're listening to the Leave It Inside Out podcast. I recognize now that I've come as close as possible to the sides of my tank and I'm now faced with two options. One, stay the same size and remain comfortable in the restricted space or two, create a bigger space and step into it even though I don't feel like I need it. 
even though I'm not big enough to fill that space and I haven't filled the space I'm currently in. At the baby cut shop, we sell everything that's needed for the nursery. So a Moses basket can be used until the baby is three months old, while a cot can be used up until age four or five because our cots convert to toddler beds. Many of our expectant parents will buy a Moses basket for those first few weeks when the baby is really tiny. And then by the third month, the little one is transferred into the cot. At the time the baby is about to be moved into the cot, that child is not even touching the sides of the basket yet. And of course, when a three-month-old is placed in a cot, it looks way too big for him. The cot looks way too big for him or her. But then they grow into the space, don't they? The point is this. We don't wait for growth before we make the space for it. First, we create or identify the space, and then we step into it. When President Obama took the oath to go into office, the position already existed. The space was not created when he was being sworn in. The space wasn't created when he announced he wanted to run. He had been doing some growing, and these gifts and calling, which could not be utilized outside of the presidential office, now needed to be used and it could only be used in one position, which was in the office. In the same way, you must create the room ahead of time that you will grow into and don't wait for evidence that you're big enough. This brings us to the scary part. What? (laughs) You thought we'll talk about growth without pain? Mm -mm. It takes faith to prepare room for something that doesn't even exist. One of the tasks I'm currently working on is redoing our business processes and creating automations of tasks as much as we can. Because although we're only a small team, we will grow into a large one. So we must lay down a stronger foundation that can support the sizable company that we will become. One of the first physical tasks that must be carried out in architecture when building a house is the laying of the foundation on which it's going to stand on. Now, the depth of the foundation of a typical house here in the UK ranges from one to three meters. That is some depth. But when it comes to building skyscrapers, We've got to go deeper, (laughs) considerably so, because now you're not only dealing with seismic movements, you're also facing gale force winds, center of gravity, everything else that could go wrong. And what do they do? They build a much deeper foundation. The Burj Khalifa, for example, is built on a foundation that's 50 meters deep because in addition to the other concerns, which I mentioned, they're also dealing with desert sand, which happens to be quite porous. And, you know, you don't want porosity and water coming together to unearth a whole building. And so a taller building requires a deeper foundation and digging isn't a lot of fun. Mrs. Maquis, my great aunt, whom you met in episode 18, 
lived in a bungalow with her family. Much later in life, when everyone had uh, departed, she had another floor added on. And then she let the ground floor out to a clinic. And she moved upstairs and stayed upstairs and became known as Mama Loki, which means Mama Upstairs. Anyway, she would have had to have had a structural engineer come and check out the existing foundation before any works were done to make sure that it could support a second floor. Now, let's presume that all was fine because that's why she was able to proceed. But imagine if the foundation wasn't suitable. She would have been left with two options. Option one, keep the house the size it was, remain confined to the limited space, which she was comfortable because remember that a three-month-old baby is still comfortable in a Moses basket, but it's just not suitable for the child's growth. So Mrs. Macquist could have been comfortable staying exactly where she was in her old home in the limited space. Or option two would be to knock down the existing house and create a new foundation suitable for the larger or the taller building. As you can see, both options are not very pleasant because before she even called the architect, she would have imagined the improvement that an extra floor would have made in her life. She would have pictured herself climbing the stairs, going into her tastefully furnished home because she was stylish and had really good taste. Let's not forget the large statue of Mary that was going to grace the front of the building upstairs, which I was both fascinated by and scared of. Another story for another day. Mrs. Marquis imagined and saw that it would be beneficial for her before embarking on the project. So that would mean disappointment had it turned out that she couldn't proceed. It would mean staying in the old comfort zone, knowing she could be thriving in a bigger space, she could be growing in a bigger space. If the second option was the way forward, she would have had to deal with the upheaval of moving out temporarily while the extensive work was being done. Question. If you're faced with both options, which will you choose? Stay where you are and kiss goodbye to your dreams? Or go through the pain, suffer the upheaval and expand into a bigger space? On paper, the answer is easy. We know what the attractive, sexy option is because we all want to grow. <laughs> but if you chose the first option of remaining where you are, then you would be doing your soul a disservice. You'd be restricting your own expansion because of your reluctance to endure pain. And the pain is only for a season. It's worth pausing to note that being in the comfort zone is comfortable. I know that sounds stupidly obvious, <laughs> but it is, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you don't necessarily get to feel the discomfort of staying 
in the comfort zone. The little goldfish or the sharks or whatever aquatic animals they are that are restricted because they're in captivity and they're in a tank, don't feel stressed as far as I can imagine. You know, they grow to a certain size and the toxins stop them from growing and life just goes on. The animal rights people will probably disagree with me, but again, I'm not qualified. (laughs) So don't come for me. But staying in the comfort zone is not an uncomfortable experience. And if it's not uncomfortable, chances are it's not noticeable either, which means that many of us live in the comfort zone and we don't even know it. And it isn't until you get released into an expanse of water or land or wherever God is pushing you into, and then you start to grow. So what I found that I was doing and I have been doing for much of my life is being too afraid to step into the bigger space because of all the space around me. Like it's tiny me. I don't qualify to fit into that space. I don't need to. Let me stay amongst my people who know my name and who, you know, we can interact and everything is just perfectly fine and dandy. And the fear of going into a bigger space and feeling out of place or out of our depth is a real fear. But what's interesting is growth happens when you get outside the comfort zone, when you get into the bigger space. That's when the growing happens. It follows then that if you don't believe you need to get out of your comfort zone because nothing's pushing you out, the indicators for growth might go unnoticed or you might even sabotage your own growth because hey there's no need to well here are three reasons why expansion is not an option but a necessity number one you were created for a specific reason that reason is called your purpose and here's how i describe it god had an assignment that needed to be done on earth Then he called you and created you with all the tools, talents, and giftings needed to fulfill that particular task. Picture an orange seed. Inside that seed is everything needed to become a tree. Inside you is everything you need to become you. That's why I refer often to your future self. Your future self is who you are becoming. And for the sake of who you are becoming, please don't give up now. Second reason you need to expand is that nothing around you grows unless you grow. In business, we have a saying, we don't do business with a company we do business with people. That's because a business is made up of different people working different parts. It's like a machine. And a team is only as strong as its weakest link. That's why companies invest in training to improve and grow its people. And if you're an entrepreneur, your business cannot grow unless you do. And if you're a parent, You cannot pour increasing wisdom into your child 
if you are stagnant. We were designed to grow. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, being transformed from glory to glory or in ever increasing glory. And what's interesting is that we will never stop growing. We will never stop learning. Someone said the day you stop learning is the day you die. Finally, we must grow to bear fruit and our fruit must feed others. I believe that there are people who are suffering needlessly because some of us did not step up to the plate. We were supposed to mentor, train, help, or just be an example to them. If you don't grow in your purpose, you are not only depriving yourself, you're depriving others as well. Tyler Perry has been in the news recently as he's now a billionaire, yay, (laughs) which is just fantastic. Years ago, he took a drive to his old neighborhood in Atlanta. He was having a rough day, not financial, roughing it out (laughs) type of struggle (laughs) because by this time he had made it, but he was irritated over something, something someone had said. So he took a drive and found himself in front of the last house he lived in just before he became homeless. That house was about to be torn down and he asked them if he could go inside and just have a look. He says he went to the bathroom and he looked at the bathtub that he knelt by and sobbed into because he was tired tired of trying, tired of striving, and just tired of life generally. He went into the sitting room and looked at the sofa he sat on when he called his friend to please loan him $20 for food because he hadn't eaten. His friend told him he'd be there in an hour. Mr. Perry sat on that sofa as he waited for his friend, who showed up two days later We don't know why his friend didn't show up late. Maybe the poor guy was broke as well. Or maybe he just thought, oh, Tyler borrowing money again. We're fed up. Maybe if I delay, he'll stop asking. I don't know. We don't know what happened. We also don't know how many calls he had made before that one friend agreed to help. Yet that $20 investment into a hungry man's stomach has gone on to bless him, I would imagine. He went a long way because now Tyler has just blessed the world with his movies and his motivation and his story. That story, back in the day, he used to write his newsletters. He would just type them up. You could tell there was no editing done. It was just raw truth banged out on his computer and he would share these very personal events or uh, in his life that he was either learning from or we could learn from. And I cherished them. And this is one of the stories I have shared with multiple people because it really spoke to me at a time that I needed my version of $20 from a friend. J.K. Rowling. There are 12 major publishing houses today. (laughs) (laughs) that have probably turned her name into a verb. You can just imagine during their team meetings, JKN is punishable by the termination of your tenure with this company. (laughs) J.K. Rowling, highly successful writer, 
Hello, 500 million copies had her growth restricted by these publishing houses. Her book was turned away by publishers before it was finally accepted by a little-known company. That company invested while she was restricted in size. They believed in her. They gave her a space to grow into. And she did to the tune of 500 million copies and counting. The people in your life matter. Some of them are walls that restrict your growth. Some are toxins that poison your thoughts, while others will show you the entrance to the deep blue sea or the expanse where you can grow and just grow and grow and grow and become exactly who God created you to be. You need people who believe in little you so that you can become bigger you. I want to acknowledge you all and just say a big thank you and mention or read out some of the reviews I've had this week because you help to create the space that I'm growing into and I sincerely hope that for you as you listen this podcast is helping you also to expand without limits. This one is from my childhood friend Tolulope Thanks, Tooks. I always look forward to listening to this in the morning. You're always a blessing. Thank you for sharing your gift to us all. And this is from Yemi, my sweet friend Yemi. I have been listening to your podcast and sharing with friends and family. Thank you very much for your wonderful words of wisdom. Love your voice. You see, on that voice note, I didn't know that I had a podcast or radio voice until I started recording. And I get that quite a lot of your voice is so soothing. My husband's thought on that is, why don't you speak to me like that? Why do we not hear this voice in the house? (laughs) And this final review came as such a pleasant surprise from my friend and sister and namesake Tox. Just a quick note to say hello and thanks for such great topics on your podcast. I am jejelly enjoying them on Spotify and being inspired and encouraged. God bless you. <sighs> you guys are just amazing. Please keep the feedback coming. And feedback could be anything from the content to the delivery to the frequency. It would be helpful to hear from you so I can make sure I'm delivering the right content to you my people. (laughs) Also, please send me topics you'd like my take on because we all see things differently. And if it is something I feel qualified to weigh in on, why not? Thank you for listening. I have enjoyed recording today's episode. And just like you're currently doing, I'm off to join you to live from the inside out. Talk to you soon. 